It's that time of year, Mike. Year end in review time, eh? And end of the top ten list, the end of the year review. Nineteen sixty two has been a heck of a year. It's been incredible. I mean, there's so many things that we've been speaking about on our, our radio show, and it's hard to pick the top ten, the top five, but we've been able to get the top six, I believe, that we've been able to um, discuss and to figure out as being the things that have really shaken our world and shaken us, quite frankly, Ed, shaken me to my core, and I'm sure you as well. Yeah, and we're, we're going to base this not just on 1962. We're going to base it on the history of our show. So our show started mm-hmm. in November 1961, we started just before the advent of the Fantastic Four, the Reed Richards big announcement. So we're going to base our six top events of 1962 is really the six top events since November 1961 through to December 1962. Yeah, that's right. I think that um, that's really when this all seemed to start, right? And so maybe that's the best uh, way to get going on this is to go right into the first thing that really hit us, which was the, um, well, I guess the monsters that suddenly popped out of nowhere. Do you want to go ahead with that one first? Yeah, that's right. Because before we even, uh, before the Fantastic Four, the Fantastic Four started, we, we thought about our show as being like, hey, inter- starting with the beginning of the Fantastic Four, but longtime listeners know that's not true. Uh, we started mm-hmm. our show primarily to talk about the monster attacks happening out of France, the atomic plants getting sucked into the earth, and the dragon that was spotted in China. And our show quickly got... The content of the show quickly shifted to being able to talk about these super-powered individuals, which really took over uh, all, all reasonable discussion. That's right. But what's interesting in the tie-in was that there, there's actually a monster on the Fantastic Four. I mean, all apologies to Ben Grimm, but he actually is a modern-day monster, disfigured human being with super-powered, uh, super-powered abilities and a super-powered strength. And they, the Fantastic Four, it seems like when we first got introduced to them, they actually addressed the monster problem that we didn't know we had by going over to Monster Island, an island that um, is much like the Bermuda Triangle. We didn't know if it truly existed or if it's just uh, rumors that uh, it may exist. Well, it turns out it did exist. And the Fantastic Four went there and addressed the issue being that monsters had somehow under the control of mole men um, had um, you know, tried to dismantle and take apart the by sucking to the ground atomic plants throughout the world and the and the fantastic four were able to deal with it but that's our first introduction was the monsters were the ones who are responsible for pulling the atomic plants into the ground and the fantastic four with a monster and their team were able to deal with it yeah monsters being a thing that's not just from kids storybooks but a day-to-day experience that people have is clearly one of the biggest if not the biggest thing that's changed in the world in the last year and nowhere is that more apparent than uh monstro who attacked lower manhattan earlier this giganto giganto i keep calling him monstro (laughs) uh you'd think that like an attack on on, uh, that destroyed much of 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 lower manhattan um that name would be drilled into my head but some reason uh, i just think of that thing as just a giant monster not as a not as just a giant well, maybe it's because, Ed, much like the rest of us, it's the first time you actually did see or be or were personally impacted by a monster, right? I mean, it, I mean, we call them monsters, but really they, they could be dinosaurs, they could be um, they could be aliens, which is a whole different topic that we're going to talk about. But they're they're monsters that you know were in in science fiction and in books that we didn't think they were real, and it definitely was real, and it affected our day to day lives because, as you say, um, Giganto 
destroyed a good part of lower Manhattan, which was something that we're still dealing with today. Yeah, and it goes back to looking back through our entire history of, of humans where the, the, those fairy tale stories or, or like those old myth, Greek myths, the question is, like, were they really myths at all? Or were these monsters with us all along, but somehow in hibernation until recently? Yeah, and then that begs the question of why now? Why would they actually be suddenly reappearing on the scene? Was there some other some inciting incident that led to that? And we just don't know. But it, it's 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 a fascinating question because you go through any kind of uh, creation stories and myths and uh, and anything like that, um, and there it abounds. Those stories abound with you know tales of monstrous monsters and monstrous creatures. But for the last I don't know, few hundred years, they don't seem to be that common uh, i guess i mean that's not true maybe there's always they've, they've always been part of the stories that we, we've been telling each other but now we're seeing with our own eyes that they they might they're that they they're real right like, like the loch ness monster or the abominable snowman i've always discounted those things but now that we're seeing monsters with like with our true eyes doing physical damage and affecting your lives on a day-to-day -day basis is it so extreme so unbelievable that there's some monster in the andes that does not affect us on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, yeah. They, it, it seems almost quaint to think that you know there's that there's a monster, the abominable so snowman, which is which is just like a human only bigger <laughs> and, and hairier. And that seems <laughs> and hairier, and that seemed terrifying. Or there might be sort of an old, uh, you know, the Loch Ness monster, like sort of a um, I don't know, a sea creature that's that's big, but certainly not the size of Giganto. So, so I mean, that's the first thing that jumps to my mind about what's been an incredible uh, experience over the last 13 months, which is the discovery of monsters and the introduction of monsters into our daily lives. We're still processing it, and it is a good starting, you know, jumping off point to the other um, five other uh, uh, top things that have happened in the last 13 months. Yeah, and what's incredible is we're going to go through five more, and any one, in, in any normal year, any one of these five would have been the only topic to discuss. That's right. A, a normal top ten list would, in the year that monsters arrived, the the whole list would be dominated by the various monsters we saw. But here we've yeah. grouped them all into like one bundle because there's so much else to talk about. And I think yeah. to start with, let's talk about uh, these like gods among us, the Fantastic Four <laughs> to start with. But it didn't end with the Fantastic Four. We've had a year full of like one super powered individual after another. That's right. And so we start with the Fantastic Four, where they have. Truly, true godlike abilities. You have the, you have Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, who can fly through the air, and he's able to generate, you know, sufficient heat to melt planes. Uh, you have Sue Storm, who can turn invisible. I mean, these are incredible things, and there's no scientific explanation that makes sense to me about how they're able to do this stuff. You have Reed Richards, who's able to stretch his body, which is, I gotta say, if I was going to be picking the superpower that I'd want. That wouldn't be it, but whatever. He, that's that's what he's got. And of course, you have Ben Grimm, who now is a rocky orange orange hide, rocky, uh, super strong creature. Um, who and they all could they they could all take their place in any form of myths in in, in times past. And as you say, they they truly are gods among us because they do have godlike power. But they're not the only ones that we've seen. No, and and, and well, speaking of gods among us, uh, one of the superpowered individuals we've seen this year is actually claiming to be a god that's right that's right and not just him is so we have thor who's who is either uh, a superpowered individual who just figured out some good marketing some good instant branding or he truly is a god of norse myth and his brother loki who seems to be his opposite 
in the sense that he isn't exactly on our side the way that Thor seems to be. Yeah, and these these gods are battling amongst themselves, uh, and the rest of us just kind of sit back and watch um, and have little impact on it. Uh, but these these at the same time, um, when these gods aren't battling each other, they are kind of a, an arm of the state. So Thor has gone overseas multiple times to advance American interests, uh, I, I, which which I think is a good thing. Um, but it means that th- the world is such that. Uh, traditional military diplomacy um, has been up and upended. That's right. I mean, are, is there going to be some kind of new arms race of just getting superpowered individuals on your, on your side, or at least in this case, getting gods on your side? I mean, and, and, and in that way, this doesn't seem to, to be too far off. Um, you know, traditional mythologies that we're familiar with, have, you know, from having read these stories or heard about them growing up, where the gods are up on, say, you know, Greek gods are on Mount Olympus. They come down to earth, wreak havoc, do what they want to do because we're just if if they're immortal beings they're super powered beings and we're just mortal uh, normally powered beings they can do what they want with us then they take off and it's that's what my real concern is with someone like thor is that maybe that's what he's doing right now he's come down to have some fun on earth jumps in looks at america thinks i'm gonna be on that side for now helps us out and then after you know stirring it all up takes takes off to asgard if he truly is a god i mean so that is something we have to be concerned with that's what i've been concerned with when we talked about this over and over on on our show i know and when you look at these these ancient mythologies the gods are fickle right they do Mm -hmm. flip from one to another they do turn on you when you don't worship them in the way that they want to be worshipped um and 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 we know that these individuals are doing things that i don't know raise their status that make them seem above us Uh, the, the human torch has put on some quite a show in glenville where I'm not sure he's doing anything in particular other than raising his own profile. That's right. And you, you just have to wonder what comes of it, right? So if, if, for instance, so either they're true, you know, at least in the case of Thor, he's a true God or the Fantastic Four, they're modern type, you know, gods. What happens when they decide that they want to, maybe they're not, they're not in business for us anymore and helping us out against the case of the Fantastic Four against monsters. Um, they turn it, they go into the, to it for their own interests and just turn on us. And what do we have? In order to address that as normal human beings, and the and the answer is maybe other gods, right? It's it's a matter of us playing gods <laughs> against each other, um, trying to to, to uh, prevent it like a, 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 a takeover. Um, I think that brings us to number three on our list, which w- which is uh, the changing geopolitics. Hmm. Yeah, and and it's it's hard not to notice that a good number of the superpowered individuals that have come out seem to be American and they seem to be on the side of the Americans, but that hasn't escaped notice from the USSR. That's right. So the Soviets we know in the past year have had a massive kidnapping regime where they've kidnapped a number of our scientists. Unclear what all those scientists are doing, but I would not be surprised if these scientists are dedicated to the work of creating more superheroes. Well, we talked early on about how if it's true that the Fantastic Four went into space in a poorly shielded a spaceship and were bombarded with cosmic rays, which led to them developing these powers. You know, why wouldn't the, say, the American military start just sending more people into space? I mean, I think there are serious ethical questions about that and, and what comes of it about somebody, you know, gaining powers at the behest of the U.S. government, for instance. But um, we were wondering when we we're talking about that and like leaving aside those uh, those those issues, which are fascinating from my perspective, 
who's to say that Russia was not do the same thing? Yeah, and and and, then, and clearly they seem to care. So they, again, they're kidnapping mm-hmm. our scientists. They're attempting to kidnap our um, uh, our superheroes themselves. There's there's a kidnapping attempt on Ant Man. Um, th- these Russians. Uh, there was a an in, uh, a number of Soviets that were integrated into Glenville, where hum, uh, the Human Torch seems to be based. So they, they're all over this. Whether they're successful or not, it's unclear. We know they were successful at least once. Uh, when the kidnapping of Bruce Banner after he escaped, he told us about uh, a super intelligent being that was experimented on to generate an inhuman intelligence called the gargoyle. So they're, they're not unsuccessful, but if they're successful at the scale that we have been in America, they're certainly not showing it. Yeah, and so what happens when they decide to show their cards, right? So if in the last 13 months, I mean, how many did we get up to? How many super-powered individuals did we get up to in our, oh, in our I, account? I think we're at 12 or 15 now. Right. So let's just say on average, once a month in America and America has only so many people. How about how about the USSR? How many people do they have? And they're they're They can see what we can see about and they can listen to what the Fantastic Four is saying about how they got their powers. And they don't just have to kidnap. I don't think Americans, American you know, scientists, they probably have their own scientists who could probably make the same connections that our our people are doing, or at least, you know, build off of their work if they did, say, do traditional espionage and just steal their notes. Um, but you got to wonder what they've been doing. And, and then are we going to be met with something incredible where it's just going to be, we'll, we'll be sitting back and watching two superpowered nations duking you out with two superpowered, two sets of superpowered individuals, which leads to a whole other question, which is that when the, when the, when the going gets tough on this, are the superpowered individuals in America on our side truly or not? Yeah. What we do know though, is that whatever happened with the fantastic four getting their superpowers it wasn't just as simple as going to space. We've had a number of individuals now who've gone into space uh, in, the, in the past year, and no one else has developed powers as like, similar to the Fantastic Four in the simple act of going into space. And so whatever happened there was not, it was, wasn't a simple, it isn't simple to duplicate. And I think since then, the other superpowered individuals we've seen, we don't know how they got their powers. We, we've been hypothesizing and theorizing but we don't know how Thor got, her, got his powers. We don't know how Ant-Man got his powers. We don't know how Spider-Man got his powers. Mm-hmm. Potentially, it makes sense that the government is keeping the lid on this stuff because they don't want the Russians to know how we're doing it. Yeah, and you got to wonder, maybe, and maybe this might be, the, probably the simplest explanation might be that it's certain individuals have certain abilities that are latent, that are exposed because of, you know, times of stress or say in, this, in the case of the Fantastic Four, cosmic radiation like we just don't know that there might you you can't just send a random person up in space and expect that they get powers it has to be a certain person that might um be triggered by by doing something like that or some other mechanism it's it's all hypothetical right We, we we don't know how and if we don't know how hopefully that's a good thing the russians don't know how uh and that could be why we have 15 or so so far and as far as we know they have one but uh, traditionally, uh, the USSR has been quite USSR has been quite secretive, uh, so we just we just don't know. But something to keep an eye out for. The Cold War does seem to be sh- to be heating up. Let's move on to number four. Number four. Well, uh, the other thing that that has been jumping out for me has been well, the discovery of aliens. We've had two alien invasions <laughs> in the last thirteen. <laughs> like, hu- humans are no longer alone. Uh, Whatever has happened in. Uh, uh, I think the history of humanity has been the realization that we are not the center of the universe. At each step of the way, we are discovering that, hey, the, 
the earth is not the center of the solar system the sun is not the center of the universe and now um now we're not alone and not only we're we not alone it's apparently not that difficult for aliens to get here and there's been at least two invasions we know of this in the past 12 months that's right and so i guess if you were people who think about aliens and extra extraterrestrial life when you when you think of it in a and i think the the nicest way possible you think it'd be incredible to meet aliens from another planet and to have an exchange of ideas well it turns out two for two the aliens that we've met have been hostile so and, and it, you know so it's it's like how, we don't know how many alien uh, races are within a hop skip and a jump of our planet and but so far the ones that are don't seem to like us and definitely want to take control of us yeah and i think in the past like even if you thought there were aliens out there we, Einstein has told us you can't travel faster than the speed of light, which means that mm -hmm. even if they're there, the time it takes for them to get to us would take years and years and years, centuries. Um, but clearly that's not true either because the Fantastic Four traveled to another solar system in a matter of hours and then came back again within the day. So uh, apparently interstellar travel is not as hard as we thought. That's right. So you got to wonder what's going to what you know what's going to come of that because I know that when the Fantastic Four went to space and back, I mean they didn't come back empty-handed, right? They came back with a spaceship that was able to get them back here. So you got to wonder what's going to come from that. Will Reed Richards, um, you know, in order to get back on his feet, I suppose, after having a pretty rough year uh, playing the stock market, is he going to be able to use that technology to um, say reverse engineer it to figure out how to say? get a larger spaceship so that we can go to, to other worlds to uh, to to expand our on our own and, and I, I would hope it feels like it's almost necessary because if we don't go and visit these other worlds first they're going to come to us and at least in the history of humankind when the, the the culture that gets visited by the more advanced culture does not tend to fare very well well i i think that it's it definitely is important to be proactive on this because so far like i said two for two we've been attacked by aliens and it hasn't been the best experience. And you got to wonder if they just planned it a year earlier, you know, just a year earlier, could they have been more successful? They probably would have d destroyed the human race. Like the, the, the first attack was saved only by the inge ingenuity of Bruce Banner, who created some sort of defense against it. And, and the second attack by the Fantastic Four. Um, if, 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 forget about a year earlier, if 50 years earlier, in the, in the history of the cosmos, even a century or, or a millennium seems like insignificant. We are extremely lucky. No alien has found us until now. Well, that begs another question, Ed. What if they have been coming for a long time? What if we just weren't worth invading until recently? Like what if a thousand, two thousand, three thousand 3,000 years ago, uh, aliens visited us, hung out, did some things, and then took off again? Yeah. They decided to come back when we're more interesting. <laughs> well, that, well, that's the other theory, too, is that the fact that all this is happening kind of at once suggests that maybe it's related. Maybe the act of the Fantastic, whatever the Fantastic Four did to get their superpowers to break out of our um, our atmosphere triggered something in the universe that now says we're open game for any aliens that want to come and hit us. That's right. Like, like I say, we're, we're kind of worth the effort now. And so we're worth the trip because even if it's easier to get from, you know, even if interstellar travelers travel is easier to do now uh, than we thought, it probably does cost quite a bit of resources, right? It's probably not not a very a simple matter necessarily. So um, maybe it's, it's only when the Fantastic Four breached the barrier, um, it set off a trigger for some kind of, I guess, 
surveillance that they had of the planet that led to them thinking, you know, this would be worth our effort to go down there. Let's move on. Number five. Number five, what do you have? Mind control. Mind control. So uh, one of the superpowers that seems to be the most common superpower, like we've only have, we have one stretching guy. We have a bunch of, a couple of like strong monstery things. We have one fiery person, one invisible person, one guy that sticks to wa- to walls and fires webs. But it, it feels like we have like a half dozen mind control events that have happened in the past year. Yeah. And it's, it just seems that um, either it's, it's an, it's people with, with fascinating abilities, either they've studied to learn them or they have, again, their superpower. They're able to use some kind of, inherent ability or some kind of manufactured ability to um, take control of other people's uh, uh, ability to do things. And it's not like it's a it's a scam necessarily because you and I actually were impacted by that, right? That's right. We, we, we know it's real. It actually happens. It can, like they, these people have their minds controlled in some way or another. Some people are able to create massive illusions. Others are able to like freeze people's bodies even though their minds keep working. Other times, uh, they were able to drive rage and... Um, uh, and, and fear and anger out of people. And so the, the different variations on the same idea, uh, but but scary nonetheless that these people, there are people out there that can, con- well, and in, in, in the case of the puppet master, he, he was able to control the actions of the, the prison warden to release the prisoners. And so at a certain point, um, is this a defense against any action that anyone takes if we don't know if anyone's in control of their own bodies? Or their own minds. Yeah, how do you? That's right. So, so let's say that you know so, uh, some kind of criminal, like the puppet master, takes control of a person and causes them to do something. How are they going to prove that happened? Right. So it, it raises serious implications implications for our justice system about you know keeping people holding people accountable for their actions and if they're in, in control of them. But what if they they aren't? Number one. Number two. What if that just becomes a common defense to say, "I was mind control. I couldn't possibly have done this." And uh, there's no way to prove it or disprove it. It's it's quite scary. But but Eddie, how about this other one I was thinking of? What if there's a way to influence, let's just say, before an election, you can use some form of mind control to, and people wouldn't know about it, to, to influence them to do something. Like, say, maybe make them angrier against the incumbent about how things are going. And then that just happens to lead an impact. All it would take is a couple, you know, increase a couple percent in a say a, 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 an American presidential election to favor one party over another and you're 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 changing the course of 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 current the current world governments and, right and, it's and, it's incredible and, and it could be worse like why not just control the president himself right like, like if, right. If, if we can't tr- trust our own minds who can we trust um if the soviets managed to get this mind control power which which they have some capabilities right that's part of the way they kidnapped our scientists um if they get in front of the president and can start controlling the president's mind the way the puppet master was controlling the warden, like our whole system of government and our checks and balances breaks it down. So are we all going to start wearing uh, tinfoil hats to protect ourselves against the, the harmful rays? I mean, that's, is that where we're going? <laughs> well, if, 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 if tinfoil hats worked, we, we have no idea what defense, like, as far as we know, we've, we have no defenses against these mind controls. Like the mind control stuff that we've done so far, we've managed to defeat the individual's, that we're doing it, but I don't think we've developed this defense against the actual technology itself. Yeah. And there's been varying degrees of ambition between people that have, uh, amongst the people that have mind control powers, like some use it for petty theft and others are using it on, on a quite a gra- quite grander scale. So 
I was saying to you, I think, I don't know if we discussed it on the radio show or just when we're, we were talking to two of us, but I would think that it'd be in the best interest of say the American government to actually open an inquiry into this, to figure this out about how to deal with it and how to counteract it. I, th- I think it's in our, our, not just our national interest, our national security interest, but our, our economic interests, everything. Yeah. And, and maybe we can task something for Reed Richards to do. He has all these advanced technologies. Let's build some sort of technology that's a de- the same way we want a defense shield against nuclear weapons. Let's build a defense shield against mind control. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, number six. Well, number six. The impact all of this has had on human psychology. This, you know what? Like, it's 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 hard to imagine I'm saying this, but this may very well be the biggest thing in the long run that we're going to experience, just on a, on a personal level. I mean, it's... Um, it's it's shocking that to learn that we're not alone. Gods may be real. Monsters are real. Um, <laughs> you can't necessarily trust your brain. And uh, you could be this, the smartest, hardest working, most naturally talented individual, but you'll never get to the level of being as strong as Thor or, you know, maybe as smart as some of these super powered individuals or even learn how to, I don't know, Control minds. I mean, you, you, you've got a ceiling that we didn't know about for humanity that we just can't pass. That's right, and and, and it's and it's not even a qualitative or quantitative difference. It's like a it's a step change difference, right? The, in some ways, the Thor's uh, Thor and the and the thing are stronger than any human who's ever lived. Um, but the Human Torch can fly. He can fly right. in the air. Like, and th- there's no like, there's no pretending that if I train harder or I work harder or I exercise more or I I think. And I, and, and I study harder in school that someday I'm going to be able to light on the flame and fly through the air. That's right. And that's, and, and the torch as a, as a good example is, is seems to have been the one that pushed the wizard over the edge. Right. So there's a guy, what's his name? Uh, ben, Bentley Whitman, who seemed to have the world by the tail. He's a famous inventor, uh, world, you know, world renowned um, genius basically who could do anything except everything that these people could do. And it drove him to um, trying to frame the human torch with crimes and led to him being imprisoned, right? It's just, it's, 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 a, it's an incredible fall from grace. And you got to wonder why he would do it, all of it. But it's, I think, we're, we're, I think we, we have the answer. It just, he saw something he couldn't get and it drove him mad. Yeah, and I think that, that's at the extreme level for people like Bentley. But I think all of us are being affected by it. We, we've talked about mm. how crime in New York has dropped dramatically this year. And it was driven primarily or entirely by one person, by this superpowered Ant-Man who was able to basically stop crime almost before it was happening. Uh, and more recently, we've discovered how he's doing that. And he's doing that through the most extensive surveillance that's ever been done <laughs> in human history. Yeah, and and now we're, I think we're being asked, and this is pretty current to what we were talking about recently, we're being asked if we're okay with that as, as, as human beings. Are we okay with the idea that one person could 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 have such control over their entire over an entire city. I mean, I from I myself, I am not happy with that. I'm not comfortable with it. Um, but people are going to ask themselves, well, maybe you know, is is it a, is it a worthwhile trade off? And I, I think it isn't. But um, but I think I think you, I think you were in the minority. I think the Ant Man is extremely popular. I think the low crime is extremely popular. And I think the question for many people isn't how do we stop him from doing this and how allow crime to come back. It's how do we get an Ant-Man in every city and drive that crime down to zero? Yeah, but I think that's so frightening. I think the idea that it's like um, 
I shouldn't be walking the street and have a police officer ask me where I'm going, or what I'm doing. I, they, that, that's, that to me is an affront to my, my dignity and to um, my rights as an individual. And, but, you know, I have nothing to hide, you know, so, you know, the police officer asked me a question where I'm going or what I'm doing, I could easily answer it and it wouldn't affect my life. And I wouldn't be arrested because I'm not a criminal or I'm not doing something that somebody might think is criminal. And, um, you know, by the same token, uh, if Ant-Man is listening to everything that I'm doing, I'm not too worried about it because I'm not doing anything that I think would subject me to public ridicule or to being arrested. But that's not the point. The point is that we shouldn't have to deal with that. People shouldn't have to be subjected to that type of scrutiny. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it, to me, it, it's, it's, it's a basic thing. This country was founded on the principle of give me liberty or give me death. And now we are <laughs> trading that for give me liberty or give me a lower crime rate. And, 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 people, and people are choosing the lower, lower crime rate. I think the psychology of having these gods among us, these aliens, these monsters that are attacking and destroying vast amounts of the city, I think a lot of people just want life to be safer and more secure. And if Ant-Man can provide that, I think people are going to take it. And it's coming together and it's changing, it's changing the nature of our country. You know what, then I hope they listen to our show then, because I think we're having an honest to God conversation about it. The good that comes out of these uh, events, these superpowered individuals, even the monsters, the gods, and like the, the fascinating discoveries that we're, that we're, we're, we're a part of, right. We're, we're experiencing and, uh, and questioning it and seeing about and discussing the implications that it has, because, because as we've talked about, it's um, I'm not comfortable with these kinds of trade-offs. I think that um, it's, it'd be deadly for our civilization and for our society. Now, but, uh, after our discuss- second show, we said mm-hmm. the world has changed dramatically. We're going to see things accelerate and become weird very quickly, and we're going to follow it. But then there was a period of almost two months where nothing did happen, and we were kind of surprised by the, the vast change. I think we're in a similar boat now where we've had 13, 14 months of the most amazing, incredible uh, change in our in our in our society and in the on, the on the planet that's ever happened. What is two thousand? Sorry, what is nineteen sixty three going to bring? Ed, I don't even want to guess because so far the dance card has been filled up with monsters, aliens, gods, uh, superpowered individuals, Russian spies, um, super small human beings, super strong human beings. You know, guys who can fly, who can turn on fire and fly women who can turn invisible. It's just, uh, I just don't know. Yeah. And I think, I think our our ability, as much as we can analyze the past, our ability to predict the future is modest. I don't, I don't think we saw any of these things coming. Uh, I think the, the the best we can hope for is that um, this extreme change slows down a little bit and uh, maybe even goes to reverse. I'd be very happy if we see zero alien invasions in the next year. (laughs) Well, we're, we've had two. I think uh, we've we've had our fill, but uh, I guess we'll see. But I, I guess if you're asking me, though, I've been thinking about that question. If you to make a prediction, what I I, I would be fascinated with is time travel. How about that? <laughs> what else is there? <laughs> you know, like it sounds silly, the idea that you could travel through time. But I guess uh, 
That's the last one I can think of. I can't think of anything stranger than that. Oh, my gosh. I, I think so. Anyway, we, we will still be here. We are going to increase the frequency of our broadcast. We This year, I think we did 30 episodes this year over the course of a year, r- roughly two every month, every couple of weeks. I think we're going to increase that frequency to four per week, four per month, I'm sorry, going forward, because there's so much to cover. And if if there isn't, we will slow that frequency down. But um, the, all signs point to another crazy year ahead. I'm excited. I'm glad I'm doing, I'm glad I'm going to experience it with you, Eddie. And I'm glad that our, our listeners can be there along for the ride. 